Disclaimer, while we are both licensed mental health professionals in the state of Georgia, anything stated in today's show is not intended to be used as a therapeutic intervention or clinical recommendation. We are not providing therapy during our show. Rather, we're bringing the insight and experience of our professional lives to dig deep into topics that impact women across the board. If you are in need of a professional therapist, please seek one out in your community. If you're experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please dial 911 or go to your closest emergency room. Talk Straight, a podcast by real women for real women who are looking for real change. Let's get comfy and get honest about what our lives really look like and what it takes to really live them to their fullest. No filters, no bullshit, no shame, just real honest talk from real everyday women. Welcome to our episode of Sit Crooked Talk Straight. All right, welcome to our episode. We are super excited to get to unpack the topic of money mindset, something that women in general are not um, stereotypically really good at or comfortable with. Not to say that some of you don't exist out there, but we definitely know that we are behind the game when it comes to negotiating salaries, navigating money conversations, and how we just feel about money in general is often loaded with all different kinds of things because of the messages that we receive in the world. And so today we are going to unpack as much of that as we can in a, in a less than hour show and really dig into what the messages are that we're hearing from the world, from our families, the generational messages, the cultural messages, the societal pop culture, right? Like things that are going on around us that give us either subliminal messages or outright messages about how we are to navigate and approach um, money mindset. And, and so, yeah, I want to start with maybe generational, generational, mindsets, generational learnings, things that we've been taught by our families. Yeah. I'm going to go into this. Like we can't be this spiritual, wonderful helper and make money. And it's interesting because I was talking with somebody that I highly like respect regard. I I consider her like a very spiritual teacher for me. And she was talking about like, well, you know, I'm just looking for, you know, somebody who is a holistic, you know, like medicine healer, but I found these other people, but the, and they charge $400 an hour. But if you're going to do that, that's not for me. Right. Like that means, so what does that equal? Right. And I felt some kind of way because I know how much I charge for my services and it's more than her. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it still exists today. And I absolutely, and that speaks volumes too, to like, we can love these people. That's still have limiting beliefs and right. Take what we can leave the rest as they say over and over in recovery. And I truly believe that, but you know, um, but we're, we're all as females, we are recovering from these 
limiting beliefs that have kept us stuck. You know, Rachel Rogers says it so beautifully where it's, you know, so long we've been trained to, and she's amazing. She wrote the book, you know, we should all be millionaires. And she has her own coaching business for women entrepreneurs. Um, and she grew up in poverty and she actually talks about like, we've been trained to think like, how, how can we save? How can we skimp? How can we coupon cut? How can we cut back on all of these things instead of that expansion into how can I just make more money? right? To buy the things that I want to have, you know, the, and, and again, it's not that money buys happiness. We know that over and over and over, but guess what? It sure as shit makes life easier, right? <laughs> it sure as shit gives you access to mental health care and yes. other self-care means and vacations and things. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, a layer there that I think that we forget like money doesn't buy you happiness. Of course not. But that's not where the sentence ends. Like, it's more like money doesn't buy you happiness, semicolon. (laughs) Like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more there, but we're again, but we're taught. And I'm curious to maybe unpack our family, like our generational, like the family messages that we've both received. Um, Because I think we come from, we have different types of backgrounds. Although I think there are some overlaps and similarities that we're not even fully aware of with like entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, and like limited beliefs and, and by the way, hello, women, like I'm the earner. Well, I was, I was, Um, I was the earner until, (laughs) until I resigned. And, um, but I'm on my way to, to getting back to that. Right. But for 15 years of marriage, no disrespect to my husband, he has provided in other ways that have been like the intangible and the, the non-financial ways of supporting a family, but you and I both have been like the earners, the breadwinners. So Absolutely. Speak. We are the bread. Yes. And that's what I was. And, um, now we're like head in head. So, I mean, we both started our own businesses, so Yay. it's beautiful to see. Oh, I'm so happy uh, for that. So yeah, we're right there, but it was for 15 years, right? Breadwinner. This is how we were trained by our by our family, like long lineage of women entrepreneurs. Well, I don't want to say a long lineage. The ones that I know, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, entrepreneurs. And, well, that's a whole nother thing to unpack because I was going to say, I don't think my grandmother fully lived her life. I think she was just living according to my grandmother's, like my great-grandmother's life, right? Yeah. So she just stepped into the family business. But but yeah, but always the women, I mean, entrepreneur or not, the women were always the breadwinners in my family. And that was with hard work, mm-hmm. with doing it all, having this mindset that, you know, you can't, well, yeah, you can't sacrifice anything. You have to do it all. And you don't really ask for too much help either. So, but still, you know, and that's down a whole nother path of just like all the different beliefs that we have when we think about making more money, right? Because when I think about, okay, I want to double or triple my income this year. Um, I think, you know, my old way of thinking is how do I work harder? Where do I stretch myself? Mm-hmm. How many jobs can I hold? Mm-hmm. Right? My mom, I grew up with my mom working three jobs. Do you know she's 60? How old is she now? 62. And she just released one of them. 
she still works two jobs. Like, (laughs) so like, let's pause for a moment there and look at like the baked in, even if nothing's ever spoken, even if words are never said around, which by the way, is also an issue because I can remember my parents being like, don't talk to me about money. Don't ask me about money. You don't need to know. And I, I agree with, cause I tell Sloan, like, you don't need to worry about that, but I do it differently because I remember what it felt like my very well-meaning baby boomer parents, when they would say, it's not appropriate to talk about money. Um, that's, mm. that's rude. Don't ask people about money and don't yeah. share with people about money. And so, so, but back to your example, like even if no words were ever spoken, the nonverbals that you continue, I mean, well into full adulthood, like, th- so not to mention what you saw as a, as a kiddo right. with, with mom, grandma, great grandma. Did you know great grandma yeah. where she lived? I yeah. did. So, I mean, dang, like that's just, that's talk about conditioned self and like generational, I'm going to go ahead and call it wounding trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a generational trauma around the word should, (laughs) you should, uh you should do this, you should do that. The expectation, the striving, and we both mentioned this in recent social media posts, the difference between motivation and inspiration. And I think our motivation, our parents' motivation had nothing to do with, I mean, inspiration wasn't even like, who the fuck talks about that? Inspiration? Like we don't do. Right. What? There's, there's no room for inspiration. No, ain't got time for that. And, um, oh, that was more like a, just a luxury that nobody like, yes. no uh, inspiration. Hmm, what? That, never would even cross somebody's mind. So anyway, lots of different tie-ins, but so you received these messages and you received them. Did you receive them verbally? Did they talk openly about this is what the women in this family do? Not too much. No, it was all uh, uh, the majority. I would say probably 75% was nonverbal around money and around how we do as women. Um, you know, and it was just a lot of observing because, you know, rushing around to make sure that dinner's on the table while you're working three jobs and, you know, running a store and running all the kids around and all that stuff. And and again, you know, I want to, we talk about generational trauma. I think it's also important to talk about the generational gifts, right? So being able to recognize both of those can exist in the same space where I'm very, um, very grateful for, for my family's, uh, how do I want to say determination work ethic, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, you know, the women in my family, their work ethic and, and I do, so I can recognize that and I can recognize if I take it too far, I am a workaholic. And, and, and Mm -hmm. if I look at my family, we are all workaholics, right? So what does that mean? Is that the more success, the more money, right? Let's, let's break it down into the more success I want or the more luxuries I want, because my, my mom would work her butt off so that she could take us on vacation for 10 days. Right. But then she would, you know, be so tight about like, ah, you know, you're not giving me any money. It was a big conflict between my parents and all that stuff. So I'm like, why are we even do anyways? Yeah. Why are we even doing this? This is even, if it's going to stress everybody out anyway, but so it's that whole, you have to strive, right? It's, you have to sacrifice, like I'm sacrificing. And it was all this, 
only almost like martyrdom, right? I'm sacrificing so much for you guys so that you can have what you want. And again, yes, I am so grateful that I had so many really cool, and I still have, right? Those really cool memories of uh, our vacations and makes me sad, right? And it, and it, and I recognize, you know, how that has played into my own life, right? Of playing the martyr and, oh, I just work all these long hours and giving up the things. Like nobody told me, nobody said, you know what, Leanne, you have to, well, we can break it down into like society sort of tells you that, but <laughs> um, like you have to choose, you have to choose. Like, and yeah, it's, it's just interesting the way that we feel like we have to sacrifice in order to make more money. And that's actually far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. But so then how do we, so, and not to like shift away too quickly from the self limit, sure. like the self limiting beliefs, but like, I, I want to get into, and like, I, I am eager to talk about like letting it go. Right. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, we all have this stuff. And now like, like how do, how do we like shed the, the heaviness of, of that? But I'll share just briefly, like my parents, did the like don't talk about money don't ask about money you don't need to know about money I can remember the first time that I learned about my parents income was when we filled out our FAFSA form for college for financial aid and um, I was like I I didn't know what to expect or what to but I remember being like blown away of like like <laughs> in some ways right this is my like 18 year old mind I'm like dude, you said no to so many things and we had all this money, right? Like I, like I didn't get any financial aid from the government because my parents' income was, but I mean, now as an adult, like as a, as a fully grown adult, I totally understand that that doesn't always translate into just like Scrooge McDuck money bank, right? right? Like you're not in the money vault, just swimming around in coins that 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 money goes to places, but it was, it was fascinating to me, and especially now as I reflect back, it's fascinating to me. We never talked about budgeting. We never talked about, I saved, but I don't remember anybody ever having that conversation with me. Yeah. I worked from the age of 14. I got my first job at McDonald's. Well, no, that's not true. My first job was age 12 or 13, detasseling corn. So mm-hmm. I'm from Indiana, and that's the land of cornfields. And um, I remember making bank. Um, and it was hard work, right? Like 12 years old, 13 years old, like making money one summer. And, but then I immediately got a job at McDonald's at age 14. That's the earliest you could get like a, that type of a job. And then haven't stopped working since. <laughs> I mean, I worked a job through college. I, I worked, I've just never not. And, and I, again, it, the, I love the, the space that we can hold for dualities yes. of, I missed out on a lot of stuff because I couldn't do certain things in college because I had a job. I didn't do certain things as an adult because you have a job. And some people might be listening to this and being like, what world do you live in? Like, of course you, like, yeah. you have a job. Of course you have a job. That's what you do. And not, but I was getting ready to say, but. And I'm grateful because it also allowed me to do other things. I was able to go on different trips with like the church youth group or like whatever, because my parents, my parents didn't pay for those things. If I wanted to do those things, I earned the money and I did them. I I paid for them myself. And that may not be if my parents listen to this and they're like, that's not true. We paid for like my memory, (laughs) 
my memory serves. My memory <laughs> remembers just feeling very much like I, that was my responsibility. I paid my own car insurance. I had a car payment in high school. And and they, of course, provided in different ways. But it's just so interesting to think about now. Like, what do you, how do you talk to your kids about money? Like, do you, mm-hmm. do you talk to Maya? I guess I'm thinking more specifically about Maya because she's a little bit older. And Sloan is the same age as your boys. And we have different conversations because I'm wanting him to save. But I'm very cautious. He wants to go to the Dollar Tree. Yeah, that's my boy's favorite. Can we every, go to the Dollar Tree every, every week? Every fucking week. <laughs> and all he does is buy shit. And pardon my language. It's about to get real up in here. Every <laughs> fucking, my, and Jonathan hates it. Jonathan's like, why do you waste your money? And I'm just like, let it go. Like, we're, this is a losing battle. He wants to spend his money. The thing breaks within two minutes of getting it out of its package. He needs to learn. Like this is, yep. it's, he's going to learn. But damn, but I'm, but I'm very aware of like, how am I talking about money being like a resource? And like, you better save your money if you really want something. You be- And so like, I catch myself on, not the daily, because we don't, we definitely don't talk about it daily, but he gets a weekly allowance for doing chores. And so it comes up, you know, yep. comes up at least every yep. week. <laughs> weekly weekly how do you talk to Maya about it so I actually talked to yeah all the kids about it Maya has her own debit card and she has uh chores and she wants to get a job and um and you know I talk to her in different ways because again I don't want her to have the heaviness that I had around money uh, and right. How do you balance that conscientiousness and the flow that mm-hmm. money is, is energy and it flows and it will, it's always around us. And it's just what we're attracting and that aspect, but she also has a savings. So she's saving for a flight to Atlanta to go visit her friend. She's saving for a car. Now there's a dollar in each of those. <laughs> Every account starts with one. Uh, Right. But so it really is a touchy topic. And like my one son is totally motivated by money and my other one is not. I have twins. So it's very interesting to see the, the difference in that. But so we have almost a daily conversation about money, Ethan and I, uh, because he always wants to do more chores. Like he is not, he will work hard for his money and then like for a specific thing. And, and again, it's, you know, it brings him joy in the second, right? So that's another thing to look at too, is like that immediate gratification, mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is such a, such a package, right? Like talk about generations upon generations upon generations and then society and how they imprint us about money and what comes from it and what you want. And I mean, like, I can't, I know that I had statistics about like, how much the diet industry, like how much money, right? Trillions and millions. Yeah, trillions, right? And how much money we'll spend on, I don't know if we're going down a totally different road here, but like how much money we'll spend on the newest technology. But when we have a self-help group or, you know, a group that can better your life mm-hmm. for the long term, mm-hmm. we're like, ooh, oh, that's just too much, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Yeah, that I started to pull up a a tab, like I opened up a tab because I wanted to look at when you said like the diet, like diet and exercise industry, and 
and now I can't I can't remember at all why I pulled up that tab, but I was gonna look something up, but it sparked like this, like this the the messages that we receive from society. So we get so we've talked a little bit about family messages and and how that absolutely shapes us. Mm-hmm. And then and then we get the societal messages and the dichotomy, man, the duality that exists in that space. So on one hand, I'll share my like my, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a liberal, like (laughs) politically I'm liberal, religious, like, um, spiritual affiliate, like I'm liberal. And I find that I do not still, this is going to, we're really unpacking some heavy stuff here. So I'm just going to get ready for like all the potential comments. Um, cause I'm a social worker, right. And I believe in equality and I believe in justice and I believe, but I don't believe in, Oh, I know what I was going to look up. It was a meme. My cousin posted a meme on Facebook and it was about basically hating money and hating people who hate or who love money because money, not in the spiritual or like the biblical sense of money is the root of all evil, but more of money is the cause of everyone's suffering and the disparity. Right. And my, my early twenties year old self would have been like, yeah, down with like the empire, like capitalism is the devil. Like I really would have just like eaten that. I would have eaten that up, chewed it up, done all I needed to do with it and like owned it and embodied it. And let me find, and he makes, he makes good points at times. And let's see, his Facebook name is not his real name. (laughs) So, So hard to keep up. Maybe you can share. Oh, here we go. People defend the rich because they believe in a society of masters and servants. So, right? Like, whoa. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget. People can't see my face. What? Right. Wow. That's a really strong. <laughs> and again, that's that, just identifying that's a strong belief that he holds. And I, I believe many people probably hold. Sure. Absolutely. I think of, like, I've got this, like, cohort like this group of friends that are like the social activist um all about just um I'm again social justice equality and I'm not against I'm not against social justice or equality like for, again we can have the duality of two things occupying the same space and I have some very radical liberal friends who would say it cannot occupy the same space because one deliberately takes from the other and this is where this is why I think this topic of like self-limiting beliefs around money is so important is because we box ourselves in. And so this goes on and it says, it is an enormous mistake to think people only defend the rich because they think one day they might be rich. Conservative women don't defend the patriarchy because they think one day they will be men. They do so because they believe in a natural hierarchy. I mean, that's a whole nother thing to unpack around like, and I even posted on Facebook about um, the incredible advice I got from a fellow CEO to be successful in our role as CEO, as female CEOs, we needed to quote suck dick, and this like hierarchy, this very archaic hierarchy that, and there are women who believe in that. I'm not they wouldn't say I believe in sucking dick. Oh, maybe they would. I don't know. No judgment. <laughs> but it's that it's that like built in dogma. Right. And then, and then the, it goes on to say people defend the rich because they believe in a society of masters and servants. That's it. And I'm just like, dang, that's extreme. Dang, that's harsh. And why do we, he clearly has some beliefs, right? 
And yes. honestly, like 75% of the time I'm like right on. Cause like I'm right there with you. Like I totally, but this room really struck me because of the work that I'm doing with you and the money mindset course and just, mm-hmm. um, coaching program and wanting to like break free of these, these limiting, anything that's limiting. And so I don't know. I think of like the Mad Men. Did you ever watch Mad Men? No, my husband loved me. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I I love, well, but so like, that's the kind of the era that our parents, right? Like grew up in where it was like the men controlled everything. Women were just kind of ornamental and Mad Men's um, plotline like challenged that at times. And, but it, but it was very much like women just, you don't like money equals power. Women do not have power. Men have power. And and we could get into the wage gap. <laughs> oh gosh, we please don't. To. <laughs> <laughs> might need to save that for another another conversation. So much there. So, so much there. there, right? And so I guess I've been bombarded with like every conflicting societal message that there is about money and especially because we are women, what it feels like to be a woman. Now, yours is slightly different because you're women in your life were the powerhouses and the money makers. My, I didn't see that dynamic with my parents. And of course they split when I was 10. And so then things got real complicated, but my dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur. And what's interesting is that even today, even today we were talking, he's 70. And I asked him, I said, what is your, and it's none of my business necessarily, but like, I want to be sure you're okay. What does your retirement look like? And he was like, it looks like my savings account. And there was this part of my like heart that just sunk that I was like, I don't know that anybody ever really educated him. Right. Right. And so like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a pull yourself up by the bootstraps. He'll probably work until he physically cannot. Right. And, and yeah, so like the societal messages that he received is just like, your worth is in your work, your worth. And I received that message as well. But yeah, how do you unpack that and make sense of that and decide where you want to land? I mean, that's, there's just so many conflicting, potentially, maybe I should, maybe that's where we start. Is it truly conflicting? Because when we hold two relevant, we'll say truths in the same space that may not um, support one another, but they're still true. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, I don't, I don't know what comes up for you. Oh, with that. Well, yeah. and when you were talking about just like the puppets and the masters and this and that, I'm like, actually there's, it's just, we're just spiritual beings, all of us yes. having a human experience mm-hmm. and we are all in this together and we are all an individual and we are all one. Right. So that's where the dichotomy exists. I mean, there, it, life is filled with paradoxes and and for us it's like we want it so black and white and Mm. just generations upon generations I mean that's where these limiting beliefs come it's either this or that it's it can't be both what are you crazy (laughs) um you know you can't be a spiritual woman and make money you can't be a helper I mean what did you I know we had the same message similar messages in our grad schools where it's like I hope you didn't get into this to into this field to make money oh yeah and right. So it was just like, no, I just want to be a helper. That's my heart, which yes, it is. And guess what? 
I can still make money and I can teach other women that they're worth it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so true. That's the power behind it. So it's holding all of this in just a, a place of, and that's my encouragement to everybody is to just start getting curious, right? You started talking about like, like, let's get into the solution. It's like, just, you have to start getting curious and you have to start challenging some of these beliefs as like looking at them and being like, that is a lie. Mm -hmm. That is a lie. And I refuse to believe it any longer. Um, so what is the new, what is the new belief that you want to live in Mm -hmm. and creating this story? And that's where, again, we, we do have to unpack all these messages and the hurts so that we can get to the gifts, right? Mm -hmm. The gifts that we have been given. And so I do believe in that healing process and, and yeah, it's, you know, as, as more and more of us can acknowledge that I'm one of those, like Marianne Williamson is like my, she's just like, can't we just all come together with (laughs) passion and Mm -hmm. like, I want the world that she wanted to create truly, um, when she was running for office, you know, I'm like, please do it. Um, Mm -hmm. but she's just too radical. She's, you know, before her time, uh, just like many others were that Mm -hmm. were often, I mean, Martin Luther King, I mean, before, before his time and stuff, John Lennon before his time. Right. So all of these uh, radical thoughts where before you might've been like poo poo, right. Like Mm -hmm. that's bullshit. Or, you know, you have this, this outlook of that hierarchy, that, that place that your cousin came from, right. Is to start challenging that, Mm -hmm. right. Start, start. And if you can't challenge it, just get, get curious about where it came from. Right. And how is it serving you and how is it holding you back? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because we can, because we are spiritual beings, we are on this soul journey together. We are able to shed these if we want to. Mm -hmm. How do you want to live your life? Do you want to live it in abundance? Do you want to live it in scarcity? What has scarcity served you? And so many of us hold on to that. And it's so interesting. I come back to my hometown after 20 years. And it's funny because my husband came back here a couple of times before we moved back just to like look at houses and stuff. And he was like, Leanne, it's really heavy here. Like, I hope that we can maintain like what we've been working on. And cause we've both been really working on our mindsets and money mindset and abundance and manifestation. And I was like, Oh, stop. Like it's not that can you um, unpack heavy? Like, what does he? What did he mean by it's heavy there? So negative, like so negative, scarce, like all the scarcity mindset coming back. All the oh, this is good, that's bad, like so much. And and again, it's you know um, how people are looking at us as we buy our house outright, right? They're just like, oh, must be nice. I'm like, actually, it is. It is. It really so fucking nice. is. Yeah, come over <laughs> here to this side. It's nice over here, <laughs> right? So, so it is, it's so interesting as I, you know, engage with different people and, and just how their mindset is. And, and you can tell by the way they t- they're talking, right. And the words they say, or the posts they make and stuff. And again, without judgment of like that, they're, they're horrible or anything like that. It's just like, oof, you know, I, I just wish 
that they could see differently. And that's my wish for everybody because it is, we, we grew up with so much around money. There's so much attachment and typically negative attachment around money, right? You see your parents fight about money. You see people stressed out about money. You, you know, some people are living paycheck to paycheck and you see people, it's just so There's much. jealousy. Like we haven't yeah. talked about jealousy, like, Ugh. right? I mean, the, the green eyed monster, right? Of seeing somebody who's living in abundance and you mentioned it in the form of somebody saying like, Oh, it must be nice. Like that's, yeah. that's jealousy. And so when, when we unpack jealousy, it's because they want what you have yes. yet. The way that they're going to frame it is that it's, it's off putting, right. Yes. Instead of like, Oh, I want that too. I need to come at it. And that's protection. We, we put up walls to protect ourselves, Um, it becomes a, uh, self-preservation tactic method of, of approaching life, but it comes out, it comes out with that negativity, which then is the scarcity mindset, right? Because what you think and what you believe in the energy that you put out is what you attract. And so if you're like, I'm super negative about you, being able to pay for your house and having like all these opportunities and you're living in abundance and it must be nice. Then I'm, I am pushing away. Yeah. I'm pushing away everything that you in like that you embody because I'm like, that's, that's just not realistic and that can't possibly be. And money doesn't grow on trees. I don't know why she keeps acting like, right. I, right. in those moments, I put up the great wall of China is a barrier to any abundance that might want to flow my way. And I say might want to, it does want to, it it is gonna, like it wants to flow your way, but our self-limiting beliefs like turns off the valve. It puts up the wall. It stops things dead in its tracks. Absolutely. And, and again, recognizing, like you said, it's all this form of protection because it's scary to challenge our longstanding beliefs. It's like rocking the foundation. You know, I, yeah, it's rocking so much. I had the belief that like, Oh, I can't quit. And I think we share this. Mm -hmm. I can't quit my full-time job because my husband doesn't make enough money and we won't be able to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's bullshit. That's a lie, (laughs) but you know, and, and, and it's scary and it's scary to prove that as a lie, because guess what, guess what I learned from my mother. Guess what I learned from my grandmother and guess what I learned from my great grandmother. You can't rely on a man to take care of you and you better have your shit together and you, you know what I mean? So, so stepping out like that and you're in the process too, of just like, Mm -hmm. like we're doing this. I'm following my dreams because I know there's something more and it's, it, it is, it comes in financial abundance, but it comes with so much more abundance. So, but it's scary. And And so that's why we throw up that wall, right? That's why we, that's why we quickly, oh, well, must be nice. Or, oh, they just have whatever X, Y, and Z. Or I remember when Rachel Hollis came out and people were pissed that they found out she came out, she came out and said that she had a nanny or a couple nannies. And people were like, you're such a fraud. I thought you were doing this all by yourself. Anyways, because people looked up to her, like she makes money. She came from like a small town. She, she's such a beautiful soul. And 
but again, it's like all these beliefs that, that people throw onto you. And, and then it's just like, Oh, I knew I couldn't do it. Mm. Or I can't do this. I can't be what you are, whatever. But that gets into a whole nother realm. But yeah. So being able to challenge these beliefs, I might, I'll say, Oh, just start getting curious about them. It's going to rock your foundation. It is right. And it needs to be, it needs to be rocked if you want anything to change. Yeah. Like, let's pause there for a second and really kind of talk about that because I think people who are listening who are like, okay, identifying, I have limiting beliefs, I live more in scarcity, I, and I don't want to necessarily live that way anymore, right? Like, I want to get curious, I want to, and I don't want this to necessarily like scare anybody away, but it's, it's kind of, when you think about like the foundation and rocking the boat, like rocking, (laughs) rocking your world a little bit there might be some pretty big like earthquakes, right? And so, and this, I'm going to tie this into why we all need a therapist and or a coach because I'll give myself as the example, and I talked about this early on, my conditioned self is fiercely protective of me. And I love that. And it is keeping me stuck in, right? Like it's, it's again, that duality. I love it and hate it all at the same time. When I ascribe to certain beliefs, I live a small life. When I branch out from that, I step into uncharted territory, meaning I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's next. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what it's going to feel like. I don't know what it's going to look like. And that is scary as shit. But it's worth it because you know what else is scary as shit? (laughs) Living a small life and looking back in regret. And so like, pick your scary, pick your scary. It's all, it's all scary. And so if there's people, if there are people listening, I don't suggest that you necessarily do this alone. (laughs) Um, Not to say that it can't be done. Like we can, we all can be doing our individual work around this, but maybe I know it's not just me. I was going to say, maybe it's just me. I need the extra help. It's not just me. It is, (laughs) it is, it is a common thread that weaves within many of us. Maybe I dare say most, if not all of us that we need, we need the help of a community to bring us back to center when our foundation gets rocked. When we're, when we're trying to rock the foundation, right? Like we want to, we want to, Yeah, this is intentional jackhammer to my foundation. (laughs) And I'm going to need friends and people who get it to be able to to rally and circle around me to remind me like, you're going to be okay. Yes. You're going to be okay. And otherwise I'll go back to my old ways because that's what I know. There's comfort. There's comfort in the familiarity and there's um, comfort and consistency. And, but damn, is that a small way to live? Yeah. Um, so hire absolutely. a coach, whoever's out there listening. Um, I don't really care if it's a therapist or a coach or it just can't be your, it can't be your, um, uh, family members or some like, right. Like you can't lean on, yeah. on that. Like you've got to find an, a, somebody who's outside of your circle a little bit, who can give you an impartial, um, perspective and have the courage to say, Hey, wake up, yeah. you're doing it again. Right. If you don't have, right. if you don't have that, then you're going to be in a, in a world of, a lot of delusion, a lot of delusion of like, oh no, you're doing great. No, this is great. You don't need more people in your life who's going to tell you, who are going to tell you, you're going to, you're doing great. You need people who are going to 
stand next to you while the foundation below you is shaking and tell you, we're going to make it through this. You can do hard things. Right. Absolutely. And I love that you bring that up is just like having that team and it can't be your family. Often it can't be your family, your significant other, because they have their own. So finding somebody that's doing the work too, like my husband was not doing the work at the beginning with me. Um, I was doing it, but I had a coach or I still, I still have a coach. I always call it like, I have my team. I have my energy psychotherapist, right? I have, well, now I have to find another, um, like uh, entrainment, SRI. It's like all these energy healers around me. My, my coach is a holistic business coach, right? So it's people that truly align and finding a network. Like I found a network before I even got here that really spoke to me. I was watching them for a while and it's, it's women and inspired by collaboration or networking and collaboration. So it was like, you know, it's, it's, you find your people because there are other people that are wanting to rock their foundations and expand into their extraordinary lives and challenge these limiting beliefs. It's up to us to find them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to really, I mean, like, and that sometimes can put us outside our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just, yeah, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you mentioned that because it's so easy to fall back right into the conditioned belief, especially if, if your spouse is there and they're conditioned or your family is like, wow, I can't believe you're doing that. All right. You're starting your own business. Oh, oh. yeah. What all are you the, doing for health insurance again? All the side <laughs> eyes, right? The side eyes that come from your family that like they're trying really hard to, or maybe they're not trying that hard to hide it. No. Um, well that, and they have their limiting beliefs too, where it's, I can't remember if I talked about this, but you know, hearing that my brother's like, Oh, what does she think? She's all, you know, all that and more now because she has her business talking about me and coming, you know, when I was coming home and stuff like that. And no, right. Mm-hmm. So that's like recognizing that's conditioned and it, it, you know, made me sad a little bit. And and if I didn't have my team, I'd have been like, yeah, what am I doing? My gosh, I'm being like so arrogant. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm living my dream and I'm loving it. Right. There's yeah. nothing to be ashamed about in that. Mm. So yes, that is, that is the encouragement, right? Start getting curious about these things, get surround yourself with people that are also doing the work and, and start rocking your foundation. Yeah. I, I'm grateful for the, the people in my life who are challenging me and encouraging me to be better. Mm-hmm. Not that other people in my life who, who care about me, but live in the, their conditioned self or their self-limiting beliefs. Not that they want, they would never say, Oh, I, I want you to stay small, or this is, you know, this is my motivation. It's that they lack awareness of, of the abundance on the other side. They lack the inspiration kind of coming back to the motivation versus inspiration idea. They lack the inspiration to know. And so you need people around you who will inspire you to keep going. Um, if you, if you don't have that, be like the student when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, start getting ready, do some meditation around that, make some phone calls, get onto some of the Facebook groups, right? Like do some research on like Mm -hmm. other people who are living these wild, big, bold, beautiful lives. And what is it that you're the sum of the five people that are closest to you? Like the parts of, right? Like who are you surrounding yourself with? And if it's people who dream 
small, people who live small, people who think small, then guess what? You too, you will stay small. Mm-hmm. It's just um, human nature and, but you don't have to. That's, right. that's like the, the more beautiful part is that at any point, at any point you can say, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to maybe not spend as much time with that person who maybe has been my closest friend for 30 years, but she's not doing the work. She's not, yeah. that, that's not where I'm going. We're going in different directions. Right. And it's interesting. You don't have, it's not like, uh, and this can be a topic for another time, but you don't, cause I've had this conversation with other women where it's like, you don't necessarily have to completely cut this person off. You must, you love them. You've been friends with them for 30 years or they're part of your family. It's just, how are you going to support this other part of you so that you are not sucked back down into that conditioning because you know where you're going, right? You know that you're, you're expanding. And when we surround ourselves with other people that are expanding, we, we gain that energy. Energy is such a big part too. I mean, we talked a little bit about like the flow like money is energy. Money has a high frequency energy. Actually, we get excited most of the time. Um, you know, when we spend it on things that we like vacations, stuff yeah. like that, but then we have this other relationship with it too, where it's like, when we're paying bills, we're like, right. Anyway, that's again, but it's, it's being able to be happy when you're paying bills too. But, um, so yeah, money is money is energy. And, the more, what kind of energy are you putting behind it? What kind of energy are you putting into your relationships to foster that, you know, and to continue that growth and expansion? And there's a whole, I mean, yeah, so, so many different resources, so many women who are speaking up about this. Now I mentioned Rachel Rogers, that that's just one of them that talks about money mindset mm-hmm. and shifting our mindset around it. Um, so, so and we funny. can put we can put in show notes some resources. I know yes. Leanne and I both have kind of our favorites or our go-tos of people who inspire us and who kind of keep us grounded when all the other energy tries to come in and take its its place. And so we'll share some of those resources and um, hopefully if you if you are inspired by by any of this, you will start to get curious and see where the journey takes you knowing that it is never right where you are is never the end of the journey um there is no end i don't spoiler alert there is <laughs> there is no end and we don't have to settle for anything we can continue to challenge the status quo and live our biggest boldest most beautiful lives yes that is what we're all meant to do so Ah, beautiful, Katie. Thank you. I love this. Another wonderful, wonderful conversation. So thank you so much. So good. (laughs) All right, everyone. Signing off. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is always an honor and privilege to be on this journey with you. Stay curious, connected, compassionate, and courageous. If you're looking for different ways to connect with the work that we both do, please check out our sites, easyliving.space, that's E-Z, living, L-I-V-I-N-G, dot space, or release with Katie. Release like letting go with Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot com for more information. As always, love and light from us to you.